Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of Connected Parenting. In this episode I really want to focus on uh, the connection part and the play part. So people are often asking me what are some more ways that I can um, engage with my kids. I talk a lot about baby play, limbic bonding, and so in this episode I really want to talk about how you can engage with your child in a beautiful therapeutic way. Uh, really enjoy them. They can enjoy the experience and it's a great way to talk about issues, teach your child some really important things without it being so daunting and so heavy. Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Clary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. All this therapeutic storytelling. Um, and it's very interactive. So I used to do this with my little, uh, my littlest one. So Olivia is now 16, but when she was little, she was absolutely a gladiator. Um, she was sassy and spicy and feisty and everything was no and not now and why and in a minute and um, all of the kind of traditional parenting techniques um, just seemed to backfire on her. And she's one of the reasons why um, I've really come to understand these kids and, and, and worked so hard really to find um, some techniques that work really well on them because they're different and the, the traditional parenting methods just backfire on them. So one of the things I used to do with her was take her on a therapeutic storytelling walk. So we would leave the house. Um, as soon as we stepped onto the porch, we would hold hands, we would look at each other and we would start our adventure. Now across from our house was a park. Um, but if there's a parkette, if there's anywhere that you can be outside, anywhere close to nature, it, it would be great or as close as, as you can get to it if you live in a really, um, busy urban area. So we would hold hands, we would walk across the street and we would start our adventure. And so on this walk, you know, interesting trees with knots in them became, you know, fairy houses and logs became where families of trolls lived. And we would walk through the forest and really kind of act it out. Um, and the story would kind of unravel and unfold based on the environmental cues, interesting things that we saw, bird sounds, um, birds chirping, that those became signals and, and codes that the birds were trying to tell us because something that was happening in fairyland and, and we'd have trolls and wizards and the squirrels would be sending us messages and she would get so excited on this walk and, and we'd be running around and then we'd be hiding from the trolls and you'd get a little bit of adrenaline there. So if you know my work, you know that I talk about adrenaline play, which is a great way to kind of in, uh, sort of um, light up that frontal lobe. The frontal lobe's job is to inhibit, organize, prioritize, and motivate, and it's not always lit up in kids. So a lot of these kind of feistier, sassier kids will often um, behave in ways um, that either get their siblings really annoyed or get you really annoyed. Um, and they do that to kind of get a blast of adrenaline, which actually acts like, um, you know, ADHD medication lighting up the brain. And so they'll often do that in ways that get them in trouble. But on this walk, you can be running for a second and you can hide behind a tree and, oh, look at the troll, the troll walk by. And you can hug each other while that's happening. So you're getting adrenaline and oxytocin. And as we're walking, what, what's happening actually is we're able, I'm able 
to um, pull into the story things that I know that have happened uh, to her at school. So if she had, you know, been not so nice to someone at school, we can weave that into the story. You know, it can happen between the two fairies or you know, whatever the, the subject of our story is. Or if someone was not nice to her, we can weave that into the story. And I don't want you to be obvious about it. If you're really obvious about it, kids are like, I know what you're doing. So try not to do that. Try to keep it really narrative and really exciting and really part of the tale and part of the story. Children's natural way of working out problems is through play. And this is, I, this you know, however old your kids are when you want to do this, I'm thinking probably probably eight and under is great, but you may have nine-year-olds or 10-year-olds that, that go with this or some older who want to do it kind of in a retro way. Um, but what's fun is that you can talk about some of these heavy issues that are going on in your child's life um, with, through the lightness of the story. So you have to use your imagination a little bit. So as you're walking through, you can try to um, sort of have some resolution in the story and you can look at the, the behavior from a different angle. So for example, let's say you have two fairies and, and in one's from one village and one's from another and one is you know, not being nice to the other one. You, you can actually talk about what's happening in that story and are there ways that we can resolve what's going on between the two fairies. Um, and, and your child will give you great ideas. They will love to talk about this with such freedom when it's not about them. This narrative technique is really important because it takes them out of um, the conflict or the behavior and into um, an oxytocin-based problem-solving uh, mode. And you're having a lot of fun while you're doing this. So you're getting the oxytocin which as I've talked about before, strengthens the immune system, speeds up neuroplasticity, strengthens, um, it builds resilience, emotional resilience, um, and allows the frontal lobe to come on. It allows children to actually respond to their environment instead of react to their environment. You're also getting that adrenaline play, which is great. They're getting that adrenaline in a good way, in a positive way. You're bonding, you're running around and hiding from things, you're having an adventure, which is really great. So you're really bonding that way. The other thing that's really important about this technique is you're out in nature. So these children, especially gladiator children, they, some, you'll see, something happens to them when they're in the trees or when they're by water. Um, they just calm down. We all do, basically. But these children especially, if you happen to live somewhere where it's warm or you remember this when it gets warm, um, you know, kids just being in, in the trees when, when it's safe to do so, to be barefoot. Actually, these are, I'm sure, if you're listening to this, you know, these kids kick their shoes off and their socks off all the time. They just want to be barefoot all the time. And when I work with kids in my office, the, the boots come off, the socks come off, they want to be barefoot. Um, so if it's safe to do so and you're, you know, if it's in your backyard and you know where, um, where your child is running around that it's safe, um, have them be barefoot as much as possible. Not possible in the winter though. Um, but when they're around nature, there is a drastic reduction in cortisol. And so when I, my office actually used to uh, see clients from that home office and I would actually take them across the, the way into the park or to the kind of wooded area with parents permission and, and they would be wild in my office and suddenly they would calm right down and we'd be able to have whole conversations and really work through um, some of the tougher things that these kids were talking about because we were in nature. So take your kids into nature. Do this storytelling. Um, it, it really is beneficial, and it's a great way to take your child out of um, kind of the conventional world and into the imaginary world. So because kids are on screens all the time, because they're in the digital world all the time, um, or they're in situations where they're very, very structured, to have that kind of free play with you where you're running around, you're inventing the story, you're exploring nature, 
there's so much freedom and so much, um, there's just some relaxation that comes with that with kids. And I think we miss that as we overprogram them and we're like, hurry up and go here and go there. Um, the other thing to remember is don't direct this storytelling. If you have an idea of what you want to have in the story and you've got your agenda and that's driving the storytelling walk, it's not gonna work that well. You have to be able to adapt the story. So if your child has some ideas and the story's gonna go this way, then you go that way, you want them to lead the narrative. Um, the other thing that I notice, and I notice this when parents are on walks with their kids, I was just on a hike last weekend and I noticed this. Um, there was a little one, she was probably about five and, and her parents clearly wanted to get, get going on this hike. And she is um, just enamored with this these rocks um, you know, she's crouched down and she's exploring and they're little scientists at this this age. They're experimenters. They want to touch everything. They want to look at everything. And the parents are, you know, they love her, but they're saying, honey, come on, we got to go. Let's go. Let's look over here. Um, so this would be a walk where you don't have an agenda other than, a, you know, a loose time frame. If they want to spend the majority of the walk sitting, looking into this log, let them do that. Don't Don't feel like you have to have this agenda where you're pulling them through the walk. Um, if that's where the whole walk is, let that be, you know, and if, if you're taking your child, um, this is a, on, a, on an aside, but it, let's say you're at the zoo, you take your children to the zoo, um, you don't want to be like, come on, let's go, we paid a lot of money, let's get to the lions, like if they're really enjoying um, this interesting little display that they're um, exploring and, and immersing themselves in, just relax, try to have a little bit of a different agenda, we don't always have to be pulling our kids places, they have enough... Um, time during their day where we're trying to keep the, a schedule and get them in the car and get them out of the car and get them to gymnastics and out of gymnastics and get their homework done. Um, I really think there should be um, very protected times um, where children are just exploring their environment and we are doing that with them. So this is, this is play-based and it is child-led. So just try to let go of your agenda and if the whole walk is 40 minutes sitting on this log, looking at you know the different sticks that are all around it or the rocks that are all around it, make that part of the story, make that part of the adventure and don't drive uh, that on to the next. Um, this, is, this is difficult for us because we like to have um, resolution and we have uh, our agenda of making sure this is a good teaching moment but I really want you to relax just soften yourself and just be in the moment with your child don't have an agenda and make sure that during the play you're doing lots of hugging and you're hiding from things and you're running quick run and you're hiding behind something and there's trolls under the bridge and whatever else um, obviously you know your child so you know they're, they're afraid of certain things and make it more of a, a light kind of um, butterflies and fairies kind of walk. And if you know you have a gladiator that likes adventure, then you want to be running and hiding from trolls or monkeys or whatever's going on in your story. Um, and, and really soften, let yourself enjoy this and take that time, take that moment to really engage with your children. So you're going to be getting the oxytocin, you're going to be getting uh, the adrenaline. And the final thing, which is so important, is you're building that imagination muscle. So Kids have brilliant imaginations. It's gonna be so much easier for them to see these imaginary characters than it is for you. Um, but children's imaginations are, I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming just because I'm working with kids that because they are um, so immersed in screens and so immersed in things that are, are right in front of them, that their own ability to just play and disappear and imagine that they're on top of a mountain or they're in the desert or wherever they're imagining that they are, um, that's a muscle that we have to keep building. And when you're outside and you're playing and you're imagining all these things, you're strengthening that muscle. So this, these, these imaginary um, 
sort of adventure storytelling walks can be really fun. They can be a little weird at first. So kind of have, you can have a loose agenda of what you want to talk about and a loose idea of the stories, but be open to letting your child guide this story and have some fun. Really disappear into fairyland or wherever you're going and really enjoy it. Hi, I'm Barrett Caleri from Connected Parenting. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. And don't forget to check us out on the web at connectedparenting.com and like us and follow us on Facebook.